Hi, and welcome to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. Join us for interviews, updates and chat with artists, influencers and those that manufacture the gear that we love. Hello and welcome to uh, 9 to 42, which is the podcast from the guys at Guitar Show UK. Uh, my very good friend Jace Hunt is with me on screen bright and early this morning. It's just before 9am. How are you, Jace? Very well. It is very early to be doing this. Normally we're doing this at like 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. This is, a f- I think this is the earliest I've ever, I've ever done one of these. Mm. Mm. Okay. Um, and, uh, and our guest is with us also bright and early. Uh, and I'm very excited. We're both very excited to have uh, Bernard Butler with us for the day. How are you, Bernard? Good, thank you. Good morning. Uh, good morning. And morning. we were just commenting on each other's backdrops because um, <laughs> we all seem to have, I think what you probably class as uh, midlife crisis rooms now that we all appear to be ensconced in. Um, so there's a lot of gear and there's a lot of books and there's a lot of music floating around as far as I can tell. Uh, yeah, but one of us not- is a professional ant. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know, but I was going to hope for a little bit we'd have got away with that. Uh, so, Bernard, how's lockdown treated you? Um, really fine. I'm a happy, isolated musician who can happily stay indoors on my own. So, <laughs> <laughs> at that level, it's not not affected me really at all. And um, uh, I've been yeah, pretty productive. Yeah, I'm. I'm just quite happy being an introverted musician. So it's 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 been all right generally, apart from the fact that then I'm, when I leave my studio room, I've got this thing called a family, um, everywhere all over my house. So and and then I realise that I'm actually not a musician. I'm a chef. I'm uh, I'm a cleaner. I'm I'm everything uh, in this house. So. Um, uh, it's been busy. It's been like a. It just feels like a hotel, like a weird boarding house or something. It's felt for the last year, just really busy. Um, but you know, it's all right. And uh, compared to what some people have been through, it's uh, obviously um, uh, been absolutely fine. Yeah. And and has there been homeschooling going on as well? Has it been the, the full on? Really. mine are too old for that and right. uh, my youngest who's now just turned 15 um i've kind of <laughs> i've just been doing it too long to bother to be honest so um <clears throat> no we're past the, we're past that stage um but um yeah i really i really feel for people who've got kids that young who've had to d- deal with all that and and that must be just uh a nightmare pressure you see this stuff online and you know you'll see the fabulous celebrity mum who's uh giving tips on the how, uh, fabulous how to do homeschooling and that stuff just <laughs> just makes me want to bash my head against the wall but, you know those those t- wonderful confident parents who do everything perfectly in a one wonderful outfit and then you see their beautiful home and kitchen and uh yeah i, 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 I can't bear all that stuff really so uh it's always been chaos in this house <laughs> any parent that tells you that they've survived lockdown without an ipad and netflix is lying absolutely it's just lying yeah uh, it's not possible yeah we've managed to do stuff like make sure we try and eat together stuff like that every day um when when we do eat together we, we don't talk obviously or <laughs> but you know actually just try and do stuff but i don't know you know uh, let everyone live their lives you know the way they do and um and accept also that that an awful lot of people aren't learning russian or learning the violin or, or whatever you know but a lot of people just live like this all the time anyway and i've got lots plenty of friends that that, that just like well that's how i live hmm. What's the difference you know the people who live on their own and uh, you know and then there's plenty of people who are just you know lonely characters out there anyway um and life has always been like this hmm. um so uh g- trying to g- solve problems to be as fabulous as possible uh, uh in order to get through it i think is is, is really uh, far of the mark for a lot of people my biggest achievement's been i've sat in the garden more and i've read more hmm. and that's that's been about the extent of what i could have managed but i'm really quite proud of both of those things yeah, I mean, all those things are, are great. Yeah, same same as here and uh, walking a lot because <laughs> getting out, you know, just the amount of walking we've done is great. Uh, in, I'm in London and, uh, you know, I just decided as soon as uh, this all happened that it was my, a great excuse to never get on a tube again. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't done 50 years of, of London public transport. I'd, I'd paid my dues and I thought, that's it. I'm just not doing this again. Uh, don't so, blame you. 
So uh, so that's been really great, you know, and just once you get into the mentality of a trap, you know, like you have travel distances, you know, and you think, oh, that's 20 minutes walk or it's a bit far. And then you think another another on another occasion, walking 20 minutes, you think nothing of it. So and, and, you know, if you if you twist your mentality, you can think, well, actually, you know, cycling. Well, I I mean, I love cycling um, and walking anyway. So um, all of those things have been good, yeah, to get around London. London's been a good place. My wife work, has been working in um, in the city of London. She's a teacher, and she, she didn't get a single day off. I mean, they didn't close at all. And uh, and so I was going into the city of London <clears throat> with her quite a lot, cycling in there, meeting her. And uh, it's been brilliant because there's no one there. And yeah. uh, all the city boys were gone, and uh, the, the place was deserted. And, and actually, really, you know, there's such beautiful streets around there. Mm. So, um and he's still not back. He's still not back to any anything like normal now, is it? I mean, I came down a couple of weeks ago for the first time in over a year, and I stayed in a, a really great little B and B actually in Pimlico. Uh, never been to Pimlico before, um, and oh, went for a, oh yeah, it's lovely. And went for a run along the, the river and and what have you. And it was, but it was so quiet. Mm, yeah, it's lovely down there. Pimlico is is definitely where all the spies are. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking when I go to the Tate Britain, which is in Pimlico. Uh, you, there's these lovely little streets all around it, and you just think, who lives here? Who would live in here? And it's just got to be KDB. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Years, you know, and, and MPs have got their hideaway sort of uh, affair houses going on, you know, by the river, that kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, I've I've got a quick question before we get on to because I know Jace, you've got a few. You'll have some things scrolled down because you're always the organised one. But um, with the with the the, the announcement yesterday with regard to sort of the, the easing, the full easing of lockdown and the, you know, resumption of events and this, that and the other. Have you got any plans for gigging? Uh, I do. Yeah. Um, very, very uh, cautiously. Yeah. Um, yes, I do. Yeah. I'm starting to think it. I, w- I won't say anything now, but um, I'm going to be doing something in, in, the, in, in the autumn, a couple of things right. in the autumn, um, which haven't been announced yet. And uh, hopefully more next year. Yeah, yes. <laughs> you, you, you're quite comfortable to get back out, and you think that you think the audience will be comfortable to to come and what have you. I'm really comfortable to go out. Yeah, I mean, obviously the, the, today the, the announcement is uh, slightly bonkers. I think. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if how much I'm I'm actually scared of of um, of coronavirus at this point or or, or, or spreading it uh, more more than it's just yet another calamity of of messaging. Yeah. to me about the whole thing um that that i think is confusing for people who are um uh, in danger um so uh that's that's the real thing that bothers me and that just more chaos that i don't trust um but i've uh i i've just actually <laughs> at this moment as well because i had uh, covid about three weeks ago um quite badly for about a week we did we did in this house so um at this point feeling quite well I feel pretty, I'm pretty safe, you know, <laughs> just kind of feel, we're, you know, we're safe for a couple of months anyway, uh, even though we've had vaccines and stuff. So that's probably part of that. Um, so but in terms of going to um, shows, um, you know, honestly, you, you won't really find me moshing down the front of the Brixton Academy. You know, um, those days have gone. And uh, so, the, so where I might be going to personally, um, I imagine will be uh, pretty a pretty pleasant environment anyway for for watching music mm. um uh and uh and by that point point i will have been in a football stadium as well <laughs> so uh that's uh i've got no excuses for that but yeah i'm i'm really really happy to uh be able to play again um for t- for two reasons first of all because um i feel i feel music and the arts have been deliberately been given a big kick and uh, and treated appallingly on many levels during this period uh, brexit before this of course and and then the pandemic and uh, and just the sort of messages that have come out of government the messages from that prick david frost last week hmm. uh, about how elton john had had hits before the european union and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. it's such a the idea that, that a minister working uh, you know and commenting on culture can be so snide and and dismissive of of uh, of a whole industry and, and a business is is just so um, so appalling. I think um, uh, in their position to have that just to have that outlook. Um, never mind uh, what what they're doing. 
So I think that that kind of outlook that's come is, has been uh, really poor for all the people um, uh, working. Uh, I mean, you know, just on that, the one thing that occurred to me about that comment was that people do have the assumption these days that you, you to survive in music, uh, to be a young person, you have to be a trustafarian, you know, have wealthy parents, that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, no one else can do it. And there is a lot of that, actually, that a lot of that is true. And we see that in, in acting as well. Um, but that forgets the people who have been who are in their 40s and 50s making music, who've been doing it all their lives, um, who aren't super rich pop stars, who are just musicians. That's what they do for a living. And they just earn a nice, modest living and, and, and love what they do. And, 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 but, and most importantly, incredibly skilled, highly skilled people all their lives who aren't living with their parents or on rich trust funds and have just been cut down to size and told you can't do that anymore yeah and we don't really care you know so i think this thing that you have to be elton john or radiohead or something or 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 a very wealthy young man from a from a public school or background um uh, is they're the only people that are disadvantaged it is is really wrong uh it's really inaccurate and is one of the many many inaccuracies that uh, that go on about how money works uh, within music uh, uh the music industry and with uh, and, and in the arts Hmm. This, I mean, this has been going on for a long time. You'd always get these, uh, you know, BBC lists of the wealthiest young musicians every year, which is so annoying because you'd, you'd think, oh, look, they're, 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 they're coining it in, aren't they? Look at that. You know, what's, what are you complaining about, about streaming, etc. You know, when you, you know, you've clearly, it's, it's just paying for another swimming pool, you know, and it just really, um, it's, I find that really, really frustrating. So I, th- I think overall, there's so so many levels to to the way people work in music that go that aren't Radiohead and Elton John, and it's it's nice that we have those people who can stand up for the the lower uh, the, for the not the lower but the for, for the different levels um, that people work at, um, but at the same time by 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 the fact it is those people who are clearly very successful um it does give the public a really easy assumption that everyone is uh just sort of moaning you know and and, and i think that's really unfair there's a there's a huge lack of understanding um but i think about how i mean a about the the, the, the sheer number of musicians there are for whom that is that is what they do uh, of all age ranges because there's a you know the one thing the one thing about the industry now is there's a lot of a lot of people who, provided they can get out and play, can make a living. Um, you know, as a, as a musician, you've got a reasonable back catalog, a reasonable following, but the but the you know the the revenue generator to a, you know to a large extent is getting out and touring and playing and playing live. And and if you go back right at the beginning when they were talking about the arts and the first announcements of some support came, it was it was all about venues, it was all about buildings, it wasn't actually about people. Mm. um and you know so all that first money seemed to get i mean okay people at the music venue trust did a great job of saying look if these venues goes they're not coming back and i totally appreciate what they're doing it makes a lot of sense but we we no point have we had a conversation about actually the people who are you know in all instances of essentially a freelance and then there's all the crew then there's all the engineers then there's all the lighting design guys there's the skills that we have as a country where we probably lead in the world on these kind of things that you know broadway shows don't get put on without british talent Big gigs don't get put on without British talent. And yet, if these people have to are forced to go and do something else, we'll never get those skills back. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's just like you say, it's it's a complete, it's a, it's almost like an 80s mentality. If if somebody, if you hear somebody on the radio a lot, they must be doing well. Well, well, that's that's not how people get paid. Yeah, you know, if a plumber does a really nice kitchen in your street and does really well out, or a big house conversion, you know, you don't think in 20 years they can be coining it in you just think that year they did well yeah you know mm. but then he's got to do another house the next year and 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 and, and so on you know that's how self-employment works you know we're not on salaries and um and it's exactly the same with music you can have a good year and then not earn a penny for five years and and you know you're back to square one and, and that's always the way it is and and that's that's not moaning about it this is this is just the, the part of the nature of everyone needs to earn a living and, and survive and uh, and and also keep funding the thing they do because uh, having art in our world is is just essential. I mean, it's just mm. it's, we're getting to the, this sort of existential point where we have to, to to talk to people about why art is important in in our not in our lives. 
you know, why it's important it, it to have it in our world. And uh, that is just such a ludicrous uh, situation that we've, we've got ourselves into um, because uh, it's starting to, to, to look like it's, a, you know, it's a hobby and it's a pastime again. And uh, okay, that, that's using those phrases that are just missing the point entirely mm. of what art has always been. The function art has always played in society. You know, just therefore, if you don't, if you're not doing something that is, that is designed just to make money, then it has to be a hobby. So you've got no right to have anything in between where you where you can earn a living. Um, so uh, and what you describe about actually the people who who make it happen as well are incredibly technically skilled, you know, just like every, just like all the people we rely on for, you know, our houses and building and construction, all those kind of things that incredibly skilled workers are what they do and that's why we hire them because we don't know how to fix stuff because <laughs> <laughs> in the same way that we have incredibly skilled technicians everywhere in uh, working in uh, venues and um, and not just venues you know go through to football stadiums or something you need people who are audio technicians and lighting technicians and all the rest they're all performances there's performances yeah. going everywhere in life you look at a, the tory party conference it's full of performance technicians making the whole thing come to life whether it's audio visual and all those kind of elements and they're all self-employed people who are highly skilled highly trained and although uh, um i was gonna say i did hear that um the sort of like union of techies can't remember what it's called have all said that they will refuse to work the tory party conference at the next one given the way that they've been treated so it could be a very drab affair next year no way <laughs> more drab than every other one yeah about time too yeah uh yeah that's a, that's a great a great point i mean so i mean obviously we people have i guess in our circles we we know about this stuff um have talked a lot about the uh the, the, the people who have lost out these skilled workers and technicians um the audience side is quite interesting because obviously we have to see the audiences as the people who are also they are they are um they are voters mm. they're people who have enabled the governments we have and the systems we have and the vote for brexit you know there's no point it's musicians tend to have, have this um a uh, put across a, a quite a liberal perspective. I think that's fair to say with yeah. the culture mm -hmm. side of culture and arts, it tends to represent, and you, you, most people would probably think they're in safe territory talking in quite a liberal manner. I, I would have thought that's a fair thing to say, uh, or they're not exclusive. And you, but you have to look at, and it, with that, you, you, you know, I don't know many people, I don't know anyone within music for sure who would have voted for Brexit, for example. I don't know no, any personally. Uh, well, I can know uh, people outside of it, but I don't know anybody who's um, who's working within music that's done. I can, I can give you a little bit of help on that, simply because I went to an event that the Creative Industries Federation put on um, a few years ago, and they'd done some research that suggested that ninety-seven percent of the Creative Industries Federation members were thought Brexit, Brexit was a terrible idea and had voted to, to to remain in the EU. So even if there is a few, we're talking about sub five yeah. percent but that's that's pretty yeah that's pretty conclusive but you look out at your audience and you can't have that perspective no. you know and uh, and so having views like i've got and and um, i'm safe to say that we've got here um about about how the effects of brexit um will have uh it's quite difficult to have those perspectives uh, uh you know exclusively and and look out at audiences that on the one hand do want to be with you and want to want to see you and they need that you know in their lives because i think again going back to that point everybody needs art and culture in their lives people whatever they do they need to they need to have that outlet but looking out at those audiences that have enabled this situation mm. and uh, that's that's quite awkward i think and I think that's a bit of an elephant in the room, and it's going to be in the future. Um, and I th and I think that, but 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 that's the other part of it about playing live is that I I I think will I find will I find it uncomfortable? I think no, I think people will, will so want to see live music. I think people will so want to as many of the, any if you ask anybody today, um, what what's the thing that you'd most like? You know, if, if if this is all over at the end of the year, I don't think it will be. But um, if it's if it all ends, what would you like to do that you haven't been able to do? You know, lots of people will mention I don't know a wedding or or you know going to see a football match, um, and, and a lot of people will say music straight away. 
you know, and, and, and as one of those top of the list things that, that they've really missed. So on the one hand, it's been dismissed and, and pretty much a lot of it's destroyed and, uh, and cast aside in a way that sports in well, football obviously wasn't because they did everything to protect that. Um, and, uh, but, but yeah, w- when it comes back, people will be absolutely desperate to go to a show. Yeah. And I'm not talking about going to Glastonbury I'm talking about just going to see that band or that artist come to your, um, you know, medium, small size venue in, in your town. Mm. You are, you know, mm. that, that feeling of knowing that somebody who you've, you've heard or you've admired for years or you, or you like their music um, is suddenly, <laughs> you know, a mile down the road to, on a Friday night and, and, and you know that that's the perfect night out for you yeah I'm, I mean I mean in my case it's the, the the one gig that's been pushed back that I've really missed and you're right it was local I was due to Richard Hawley um, you know in, in Halifax and that's been pushed back twice but that's already the one there's that and the first time I'll get to go back to Bramall Lane because I'm a Sheffield United supporter so those are my, those are my two things No I, well, I, mean, I am an Arsenal fan and um, a season ticket holder but I'm also uh, I, I go and I have been for the last few last three three or four years um, going to uh, Harringay Borough which is my local uh, uh, lower league club as well in the Isthmian League and uh, so it, and that's that's I just go with friends and we're all kind of we all support different teams obviously and mm. we'll go to borrow it's a different story and it's just a really beautiful thing there's like 300 people there and it's it's just it's just amazing it's just it's just great um but what the point I was trying to make was that's the difference between obviously Sheffield United West Brom Arsenal at the end of the day they're all Premier League clubs and they're all protected to a certain extent yeah. you look down the bottom there well I mean that's been very touch and go oh, it's been a car crash Exactly, and uh, and they haven't been protected again. And it's no. a very similar thing to music, where Glastonbury, you know, will make it, and you know, certain venues will make mm. it, and, and certain musicians will make it, and certain and. But when as you go down the uh, the grades, you know, people don't. And all of these things again, you could say, well, what's the point in the Isthmian League? Well, I, why wouldn't you go to the Premier League, <laughs> you know, Premier League games or something? Why would you bother? And uh, the, the the answer again is that people need this in their lives. You know, it's what our lives are. You know, in, bet- in between birth and death, we sh- it shouldn't be me- measured by just the, the financial um, uh, scope of, of anything we experience. You know, that we have to experience something that makes a lot of money or that, or that we spend a lot of money and, and has a vast uh, reach. There should be something that has, that has personal uh, identity and individuality and, and meaning and character to it. And that we should be allowed to choose what those moments are and have mm. those available to us. Um, because, you know, you can't take... You can't take Bramall Lane with you, I'm afraid. <laughs> no. Well, I, I think, I mean, there's something about as well, having about, t- t- your example's a perfect example, actually. That's about something that anchors you to your area and it anchors you to your friends and it's a shared experience and it just happens to be that's that's the club that you've picked. And you've obviously, what you've, you know, you, you've, you've, you've found the one local to you because if there's no... I mean, for most of us, football, you know, starts because somebody takes you when you're four or five to a football match for the first time. And and the bastards always win on that first time that you go, always. And then you're hooked. And then you're hooked. And then you end up, you know, whether it's West Brom or it's Arsenal or it's the Blades, whatever it is, you, that, that's that's where you are. But but if you if you get a group of people together and say, well, let, let's, you know, on the, on the alternate weekend, let's go and watch our local team. That's a that's more of a choice. So you're picking then on locale, and it's because you're anchored to that space, and that's a really, yeah. really good thing. It's a good thing for us as human beings. Mm. It was um, interesting. Well, Har- the Harringay Borough, because it hit that we did hit the news about a year ago. Well, two years ago, I think it was. There was the famous, um, when the notorious racist incident. Um, I, you might remember it was the same week England were playing Bulgaria, I think, and there was a, a load of racist chanting in that week and there was the following Saturday um, <clears throat> Borough playing in the cup FA Cup like first round um, with Swindon and uh, I'll go there was uh, several players that were racially abused by the Swindon fans and uh, we walked off and uh, because it was the cup day because it was cup day 
um, it hit the news because mm. there was uh, people knew about it and, and stuff. And uh, and it was really interesting to be in that situation uh, because it was such um, uh, obviously a something an issue that's very much on the table and has been sadly ever since as well. Um, but it, on the one hand, it was handing out, it was on a sort of national level with the England team, and on another level, it was happening around a very small. Uh, place you've got to remember there's no screens there you don't watch events again you don't see that thing happen again you know and it's happening right you're standing on the touchline you know so absolutely everything that happens happens right in front of you and you're experiencing and it was very emotional very very powerful thing to be part of that day um, but to see your team uh, just say right that's it we're out we're not doing this and just literally walked out of the FA Cup um on that moment um was a really powerful thing so exactly what you're saying it's 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 very much about being a part of a community decision it's not um your team team if you like um and uh, it's about uh being with friends and and taking that choice and and certainly not about um uh, dreams of winning the FA Cup or <laughs> league title or anything <laughs> it's it's about the experience but with with that uh, but you see both ends of it um, still, you see both in a microcosm, if you like, um, you see both ends of the of, of the spectrum, the joy and the highs and the, and then the lows as well that that could that happen in society. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I've been to see um, Bromsgrove Sporting, which is my local team. It's probably the same level sort of thing. And I, I love the um, I love the fact that you can at half time just change ends and go and stand yeah. behind oh, the yeah. other Everyone goal. Round, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like the whole crowd just does that, doesn't it? You know, like the the, the ten away fans move uh, yeah. and the probably 150 home fans move. Uh, and I, it it's a very different experience to go in and watching uh, sort of like West Brom. Um there's a chance that they might win. So that's a different experience for me. Um, <laughs> the, chance the chance that you may be clear of Sam Allardyce for a couple of years now. You may be clear. Oh, just, I, I, it's just <laughs> the worst thing in the world ever. Getting, <laughs> just, I just, it's like, please, I would rather have got relegated and had no manager for the rest of the season at that point, whenever it was, was it November, December time? Yeah. Just, I just not, <clears throat> not Sam, not that football. Uh, just please, no. We've uh, all had it. We've all had it. There's that day when, <laughs> you know, when they announced Brian Robson was coming to Bramall Lane and you're just fat and your heart just sank. And, you know, it must be the same if they announce. Well, I don't know, Arsenal. I mean, uh, I mean, well, well, no, no. I mean, you know, Wenger was there for about 475 years or something. Yeah. Uh, and now you've got, oh, God, what's his name? Um, Action Man. Um, <laughs> eagle eyes, Mikel Arteta. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. We 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 haven't had to deal with that. Obviously, Tottenham are dealing with that kind of at the moment because they're just. I think they should have gone with Nuno from the start. He seems yeah, like yeah. a good man mm. and a good guy, and who Tottenham fans will love him. But I just feel sorry for the fact that they dug deep, deep, deep until they got to the right at the bottom, and, and he was the only guy left. Yeah, which was weird. I mean, I don't know um, what it was like in London, but certainly because obviously, um, you know, Wolverhampton are not very far away from Birmingham. Um, you know, you get it's the local press, and there was rumours that Nuno was going to Tottenham at Christmas time. Mm. So they they must have been talking, and I assumed when it got to the end of the season, and he was like, "I'm leaving. I'm not carrying on." I assumed that's where he was going. Um, so I don't know what's gone on there. Um, but, mm. You know, uh, it's uh, <laughs> that that you know, with their multi multi million pound stadium and their fan base and Harry Kane and all of that, that's their problems to worry about. It's you know, I mean, yeah, it, for West Brom, the new kit is causing enough kind of controversy <laughs> at the moment. Yeah. One one blue stripe, just one big down the middle blue stripe. Oh no, I, oh, I, no. That's not Albion's kit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not happy about the Tottenham away kit, which is basically the Arsenal 71 away kit. Yellow with blue. <laughs> I don't really get I, on so many levels. I'm like, well, why do you want this? Let alone, <laughs> why do we want you to look like this? It's, yeah, it's is, is, a, is a really strange thing. Mm. Uh, so I suppose we should get on to music, shouldn't we? Really? Well, Your we music. Can, we can do it for like. 
I mean, I, you know, I mean, we've got choices now. Uh, funnily enough, I've got Haringey Borough FC and Arsenal written down, so we've covered that off. Um, <laughs> and I suppose, uh, do we want to talk about Record Store Day? That's uh, Is that next weekend, weekend after? Uh, I don't know if there's another one. Uh, that, there are several, aren't there? There was one um, a few weeks ago. Yeah, we just had one. We just had one was it? about a month ago, and um, I had a release. Yeah, yes. I had a release. So um, people move on. How did that go? Um, how did the song go, or how did the <laughs> uh, well? How did the, the re-release go? And yeah, you know, well, I mean, how do, how does that happen? Are you approached? Do you approach them? I mean, I, I don't really understand the mechanics of it. Okay, so there's a company called Demon, who are a super company who do lots and lots of reissues, um, and they take it upon themselves to just think. We could do that. We could do that. Let's put that out. Let's put that out. Um, which is a really nice, uh, nice role. They've got a couple of guys called Val and Ben who, who are great. Um, they've been doing the suede reissues for a number of years uh, and a uh, similar kind of setup. And it's all, yeah, it's their ideas. So they've been asking me because I've been involved with that. And they did the McCalmont and Butler reissue a few years ago because that record was never uh, pressed on vinyl. And, and we put that together. Um, uh, yeah, they've been asked me to do People Move On for years, and I always said no, and um, so I said yes, <laughs> <laughs> finally. So, um, uh, yeah, so that's uh, that. Well, all they did is actually just put out a reissue of it, it was never repressed on vinyl, so it came out again on vinyl, um, uh, for record store day. Um, okay, so well, people move on. Yeah, for years um, they asked me to do it, and I, and I and I didn't want. I just didn't want it dug up. Really, I'm not really a big fan of the anniversary. You know, the twenty years. I just always thought, well, what's wrong with twenty two years, eighteen? You know, what, <laughs> I, I hate the sentimentality attached to it. Like it's a sort of a wedding, you know, or something like that. I, I, just... I love that because I hate <laughs> I hate big birthdays for exactly the same reason. What's wrong with forty eight? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's just to do with the Romans or something. Yeah. But then it was all completely different. <laughs> uh, and um, I sort of avoided it. And um, and also, so more particularly, that period of life was a little bit shaky. Um, it's a long time ago now, but it was it, it, it was a, there was an awful lot of effort put around it, and then it kind of fell apart for many reasons. Um, and I, I withdrew from it really from from making solo records and and from doing it for a while. So I, I, it, it, for many weeks, I just couldn't cope with it. Really, it was a bad scene, and and I just wanted to forget about it. And my life toddled off in a different direction, and uh, that didn't bother me. It wasn't something that, that bothered me at all. So dealing with it again is always just going back and you know, it's going through family photos or something, or, or going through the wardrobe and and uh, finding that wig or you know uh, those kind of moments. So I came round to the idea that um i wanted to revisit it um and that as often i do i have two thoughts about things first of all is that i i want to avoid something and then my second thought is if i'm avoiding something i'm not challenging it and essentially what i'd spend my life doing is trying to challenge myself that's uh, you know as an artist as a performer that's the whole point uh, i teach kids uh, or young people and I tell them constantly to avoid trying to make money out of music and to constantly uh, challenge yourself with what you do and then you comes to myself and I say put your bloody money where your big mouth is <laughs> and uh, and do that yourself which has been which has been a real really enlightening part of teaching by the way um, that that sense of having to go home and say actually I'd better do what I just told them to do myself <laughs> at some point yeah so um yeah so um so I, I wanted to challenge it, and in, so in particular with this record when it came out, I, I, I did like it, but I, I, I felt that I was rushed into it. I didn't really know what I was doing. It was the '90s, and I could, I was kind of able to do what the hell I wanted, which is really weird because I'll never get that experience again. And uh, and and it was to, to very much to do with singing. I hadn't sung before. I went in the studio and just did whatever came out. And I was never happy with it entirely because I'd never spent years on the stage rehearsing and and performing and playing in front of people and singing um, and developing any kind of style or, or character at all. Um, but I'd written these songs, and and when I go went back to the songs to listen and to challenge myself with it, I didn't go back to the 
I didn't go back to the the record. What I went back to is I, I I went in, started going in about a year or a couple of years ago. I started going back in a rehearsal room on my own and trying to learn songs by memory. So I've been going through this process of uh, I spent like a, a, about six months of Wednesday afternoons in this really dour rehearsal room on my own. And, I, and my challenge would be every Wednesday to say, can you perform something with just a guitar from memory without um, looking back and listening to the song and writing down the chords and, and writing down the words and the melodies and all those kind of things. Um, now, the reason for that is because I'm a, I've got to a point in life, put it that way, where, uh, you know, I, I've made a few records and, and, and made a f- had a few relationships and collaborations, many, many different, you know, uh, collaborations of all different types and with so many different people. And they've all crept into different kinds of arrangements. Um, and a lot of that has been to do with sort of serving the artist I'd be working with as a producer or as a collaborator. And for that reason, I'm probably a bit more eclectic than a lot of people maybe of, of, of a similar generation, you know, starts mm. one, one singular thing. Um, or if I'd been in a band all this time as well, and you tend to have that band personality. Um, so my idea was to, how does this link together? What's this all about? You know, all these, all this music, what, what is it all about? How does it, what's the glue of it? Is there any glue or is there any thread? And I felt that the thread prob- had to be two, two, a combination of two things. First of all, um, uh, could, I, could I put it together with one guitar? Um, and I thought, and, and, and secondly, which is the only thing, when you, when, you, when you reduce music to its most pure form, it has to come down to human DNA. That's the only thing you can reduce it to. You can always put strings on something. You can always put drums. You can always rearrange something. You can do a million different cover versions. But the DNA of a song and a voice has to come down to a, a, a human being, a personality. So I, I just started trying to sing these songs. And I just thought, what, the, what do they sound? What, what were they? Can I remember any of them? And... Um, and so the, I, 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 and over a period of weeks, I just started recording myself doing this and listening to it back. I thought, well, exactly what I said, that, that there is that personality there that threads through it. If you play it all on one guitar with one guitar sound and with one person singing and, um, you know, you can thread these things together. And the beautiful part of that is that without the arrangements, without drums, or strings or, or, or bass guitar or, or, or multi-layers, you have to find a very simple arrangement that you can adjust and adapt as you go along and do anything you want with. And I found myself changing words or thinking, oh, that's a bit of a shit line, wasn't it? Well, who wrote that? <laughs> you know, and, and just think, you know what? Here's a good idea. Let's change it. Let's make it better. This is my chance. Who cares? It's just me in a, in a, in a rehearsal room, you know, no mm. one cares, you know, I can do what I want. It's my bloody song. <laughs> so, um, you know, and you can change the melodies and you know what that ending, ah, get rid of that. And uh, who needed that intro anyway and stuff like that. And so it's, uh, it was quite, it was, it was a really enlightening and challenging experience. Um, and out of it also, most importantly, came lots of new songs. So I started writing again for the first time. So I was doing this all on my own, really. I didn't tell anyone, anybody about it. Um, and I was doing it for about a year, on my, just on my own. And, and, and uh, as a sort of uh, culmination of this period, Demon asked me again, will you do this? And I said, okay, I'll give you, I'll do this under one uh, condition. I can re-sing the whole thing. So uh. that's what I've done. Wow. Oh, so wow. so I got back um, the um, oh, excuse me, turn it off. Um, I got I got them to get me back the um, the multi tracks and uh, well, actually the instrumental versions. When you when you make when you make records and particularly in that time, this happened a lot. You'd always run off the final mix um, just for your viewers. This will be for the benefit of you know you run off the final mix, but you also do what they call used to call the top of the pops version, which was which was the lead vocal taken out, but the backing vocal still in it. Um, that was in case you got top of the pops where the singer would have to sing live, mm. and then you do the match of the day version, which is uh, basically. <laughs> the instrumental uh which i did get um once and um and so you ran off these instrumentals so there was the 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 stereo mix but without the vocals basically so i got all these back and i just 
I got them back and I just stuck them up and I did what I'd been doing in that rehearsal room and I just started recording myself singing um, over the top and I thought, would this work, you know, over the original arrangements? And um, and I did and I got really into it and so that's what I've done. That is brilliant. I'm going to have to, mm. to, have to listen to that now because I've been listening to the, the uh, 1998 version of it mm. um, and I, I didn't see anything wrong with your singing <clears throat> at all. But uh, I've got well, yeah, sorry, Jason. So the, the Record Store Day version that's just come out is the original version. Oh, it is. Uh, just to clarify, that's so the version that's going to come out that's just been announced by Demon Records um, will be out on September the 17th. And it's going to be, um, it's going to have a full set, including the original album and the full album and all of the B sides with new, vo- new vocal recordings um and then there's piles of other stuff on there of outtakes and all sorts of bits demos and stuff like that and oh, cool. uh, or, or revocaled so that's that's what's coming up that is brilliant i love that i think that's great i love the whole not just the end product i just love the way you got there that's <laughs> a really that's a really life-affirming story Oh, well, that's the first time I've had to tell somebody this because you're the first. Li- you are literally the first people who I've uh, told this uh, to. Not that there's any state secret. I don't. I'm assu- I always assume that no one cares anyway about anything I do. But, <laughs> but uh, so it's not like a, it's that. It's just for the benefit of uh, Demon. I um, you know you have to wait until these the right things yeah, yeah. happen. But um, but it is quite nice. It's been a nice um, adventure for me. Um, it feels like I've been allowed to by by re-singing it. Um, <clears throat> You know, it's down to the listener to tell the difference, really. I mean, for me, it's very different. Um, and uh, it sounds like a grown-up doing it. Um, and that's okay with me because I am a grown-up. You know, I'm, I'm not the same age and I'm not the same person. None of us are. You know, we're, we're constantly evolving. And, and I'm really happy with that. So I think it's quite an interesting sort of experiment to do something like that. It feels different. Most of all, I went back to songs and I thought, yeah, some of these are really good. You know, there's some really good songs. I mean, there's, there's, I've got lots of problems with it. I would have taken off that song or changed that or why did I do that? But essentially, I, I think it's a, it's, it's a really, uh, really good record and I'm really, really happy with uh, re-singing it and I feel really confident that that's somebody who now, uh, well, you know, it's not like there's any kind of, it's not Scott Walker doing it, put it that way, but it's um, it's just somebody who's, who's, who has a bit more experience um, uh, being able to um, give a perspective and I think that's been really interesting to have that perspective on the words <clears throat> and um, it's uh, it's kind of puts it to bed for me as much as anything else mm. so I really like it I really like the fact that some people there's going to be fans who don't like it who say oh I prefer the original stuff like that and and because I think that's what these things are about that's what again it's about the idea of challenging challenging yourself and setting questions for yourself and what you do and for your audience. And I think that's the purpose of what we all do. Um, <clears throat> so I'm quite happy for uh, to set that that sort of problem down for people. That, that, like, oh, why did he go and record it again? It's rubbish now. Um, and um, yeah, so I'm, but I, for me personally, it's been really, really nice experience. It's been challenging. And, uh, and most importantly, it's led me into, for me, it's led me into onto uh, writing more songs um so um and and performing and feeling good about performing so <clears throat> excuse me so, so quick follow-on question from that then um a has that allowed you to reset your relationship with that particular piece of work because you'll not, you'll now have a different relationship with it moving forward than you've had for the last sort of 20 20 odd years and secondly has that also done anything to reset your your um mind with regard to that period of your life as well yeah you've made two good points because it both both i agree with actually it does it certainly resets my relationship with the record um it's made me feel okay to say oh bits of that aren't that good um but bits of that are really good you know i'm i I like that you know i I don't like that but i'm now not killing myself over the fact that i let that go (laughs) you know it's no longer um as important it just feels like yeah that's what we do in our lives we we you know make mistakes and we do good things as well and often we can't uh, see the um any kind of perspective um on on which which or which um but 
altogether the mistakes and the good bits are all part of the journey essentially and that's how we got here yeah. and so for me getting to this point and re-singing it um does map a little bit of a journey between the two sections um where i'm now comfortable um with with it as a whole good or bad whereas when you make a record you don't say i'm going to put this out good or bad no one does that because you say well if there's any bad on it you, you kind of change this is the moment to change it isn't it but mm. when you uh, but when you're further down the line you say actually well this is part of the experience um and as a as a person yeah it does reset it a little bit it makes me feel okay about it yeah it was it was, it was an awkward situation i was signed to um creation records um <clears throat> i was still pretty young at the time and um relatively and but a lot of had already happened by that point in my life um and um i think there was just an awful lot of expectation um which i wasn't really prepared to to live up to <laughs> personally <laughs> put it that way i was just really in, involved in just making music and and uh the commercial side of it i wasn't really that prepared to go with um and i'm fair and i'm still i still have that mentality generally i'm I'm still fairly dogged about um putting uh you know the the music first etc um <clears throat> and uh, and it kind of it, well it, it did it did go to, to pot not not really because of me but because creation went uh, went to pieces um about a year later and it all just fell apart things kind of fell apart generally in life and uh, and i think things very much changed from that period of the 90s the sort of hedonistic period of uh um uh, the, the the where I'd, I'd started from i guess i, st- I guess with suede had, uh, had, had been what you know at the start of that sort of movement um and it was time to change and and i i did put it to bed completely yeah um i i i, I received a, a bit of heavy uh i was targeted fairly heavily as a bit of a fool guy um and, and i took that personally um and i don't regret taking it <clears throat> taking it personally because people do <laughs> there's a thing called social media these days and i think if that had been around at the time i would have been long gone into the hills you know i don't know how people can cope with that these days but if it had been around in those days it would have been very very dangerous situation for me i think um but um i, I took some hits on it and uh, and i felt a little bit sort of humiliated and i felt a bit of a, a laughing stock and um i'm i i I did what i always do which is i just sort of close the door and say i'll do i'll do something else and at that point i i drifted into doing uh, i got offered some production gigs and i did uh the libertines which is their first couple of records stuff like that you know which ended up being quite quite important um and that that gave me a little bit of a platform and i got offered other stuff and i went off and just did lots of producing and as, as well as all sorts of other stuff you know for a number of years and, and basically forgot about very much forgot about this period and sort of hoped that no one mentioned it um and it was at the back of my mind and and uh, but but absolutely your question um it does for me make it okay to say yeah i did that yeah i look like a tit on the cover you know, yeah, I, I mean, I wish I'd, you know, I mentioned all this <laughs> stuff, you know, so I had my hair done by a hairdresser and stuff. And I was just like, what was I? Yeah, I, I hate, I can see myself in the picture hating every moment of it. And, uh, you don't look comfortable, to be fair, in that fact. Yeah, so no. one of the things we've done is we've reset the, the record with the sleeve. The, the sleeve was done, um, I had sleeve shots done by Jill Thurmanovsky, who's a bit of a legendary photographer. And around, she was around that period. She was doing. Oh, she seemed to be just on the payroll with Oasis, doing following them around at the time. So, so she did a, a, a day with me a, a, in the studio when I was recording. She crawled around the floor and took loads of photos, and I didn't really take much notice of Jill. And uh, I remember seeing these photos at the time and thinking, I love these. And Creation said, Yeah, yeah, they're nice. Yeah. Anyway, we'll do a proper shoot for the cover. <laughs> and I was just thought, Why don't we use one of those? And um, and they do, they are they look like me doing my thing in a studio. So I've gone back and chose read read on the sleeve as one of those because it is it just when I look at it I was like I, I now see yeah that's what I was like then actually just sit just dreaming away in uh, in the clouds, um, you know making music with someone else playing. <laughs> so um, yeah, so uh, I, it's it's been a, it's been really nice. I've mean, I really enjoyed the process. I've put an awful lot into it. I have to say, um, an awful lot of time into um, 
as a, as a reissue. I didn't want it to be just some label stick out a reissue and, and package it together and repackage it and sell it and sell it and sell it to fans. Um, I, I've, I, you know, it's taken months for me to do it and, and put it all together and, and I've treated it like a new record. Mm-hmm. So I, I really hope people appreciate that. I'm sure they will. We're uh, we're running we're running behind on time, but I was going to throw something in. And Jason's not aware of this, so he might look strangely at me in a second. But there's so much we wanted to talk about. We've not got anywhere near. Could we twist your arm to do this again, and we could actually probably get to the questions we've written down rather than what we've actually talked about? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I mean, something you touched on there in terms of the production. I mean, I'd certainly got lots of questions about how you even start down that road. How you and you, and you've been involved in some fairly pivotal releases as well, and seem to be quite a lot of the time been in in you know the right the right place in the right moment for some of the bands that you worked with and the points in their careers that you worked with them. So I'd love to see if we could explore that a little bit more. So uh, if, if we could twist your arm, that would be fab. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, there's right. endless, Perfect. endless pointless production details that you will love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely, we will love. And our audience will love as well. So that would be, uh, be, be great. Yeah. Um, so thanks very much uh, for joining us. I don't know if you've got anything to, to chime in, Jace. Uh, no, I mean, I, I've got lots of uh, boring guitar-y type questions, uh, big spears and so on, but we can do those another day. Yeah, that's, uh, I'll pitch, oh, can I get my screen across? Oh, that's there, yeah, that's mine. Oh, just about saw them. Just that's about my saw family them. in the corner there, yeah. No, oh. you, can, you can see mine behind me. Oh, yeah, oh, that's, a, that's a good rack. It's a good rack, Jason. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, well, we'll call it a day for that. That is great. But we'll uh, we'll see if we can organise something sooner rather than later and continue the the, the chat. And right. incredible story about the reissue. I think that's that is that's a brilliant story. Really life affirming story. Great. So, uh, thanks, yeah. Well, it's exciting for me, and, and there'll be um, hopefully there will be a couple of shows around that in the autumn, and then into next year as well, as well as other things going on. Absolutely awesome. perfect. Bernard, have a great day. Great. Thanks a lot. Um, thanks, Jason. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening to 9 to 42, the podcast from the team at the Guitar Show UK. If you've enjoyed the show, then please remember to hit the subscribe button and share with other like-minded souls. For more information about 9 to 42, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the Guitar Show UK. This has been an A Short Stories production. 